0: Welcome to the PDR Workshop Podcast, where we provide information about the paintless dent removal process, anywhere from the best business practices, tech tips, and even tool recommendations. Don't forget, you can always join us and engage with the community during our live show every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. Thank you for listening and enjoy. All right, I want to welcome everybody to the PDR Workshop live show, episode 52, where we're going to talk about when should you call it quits uh, on a dent. That should be uh, a fun topic, right, Dave? Yes, it will. (laughs) I can't wait. Uh, Don't forget, guys, share your stories in the chat if you can. Uh, We will uh, try to read off your stories in the show. Uh, and that's the uh, we would love to you know hear everything that you guys say at different uh, um, you know different uh, situations that you may have came across where you had to give up because we know everybody's gonna have a unique style and and their own reason for uh, for that to happen. so before we start, we always get into the tools. so Dave, do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, sure. All right, perfect. So um, I try to come with a more practical tool uh, since you guys always have the new fun ones. Um, this is a, <laughs> a car seat organizer. This is. I love this thing. This sits in the passenger seat of my vehicle um, and I'm able to keep typically I have notepads in here. Um, I have pens. I have write up markers. Um, I keep my iPad in here. A lot of times I'll have a thermos in here because uh, I use my two cup holders for. Pretty much miscellaneous knockdowns, chapstick, other little things. <laughs> um, other than the cup so holder. <laughs> other than the actual cup, yeah. So this thing, it's 25 bucks on Amazon. Um, it's the Think Clean Car Front Seat Seat Organizer by Think Clean Car. Uh, I absolutely love this thing. Uh, it's got a little zipper on the back, too, if you wanted to put you know, checks or something like that in the back here. Keep them hidden <laughs> and maybe not in the open space, but it's got multiple pockets here. It's open at the bottom, so stuff will fall towards the bottom here, but then you can put it in these uh, little nylon, uh, and there's a zipper pouch here, too, if you wanted to put something in there. Uh, But I'll keep random things in here. I mean, I don't even know what I got in here. I got pens. I got markers. I think I got a knockdown in here. Um, This thing does keep a lot of things organized off of the front seat or off of the floorboard. I'm able to put a lot of things paperwork-wise in here. So if you guys don't have this, this is something nice. I, don't, uh, I have a Transit. It does have that overhead shelf as well. Yeah. Uh, so I will keep things up there. Sometimes it may be like a, uh, one of those locking clipboard style uh, containers. But this primarily is always used in the passenger seat if I need to throw something in there real quick. If I don't want to forget it, if I need to grab something before I leave the truck. Uh, it'll go inside of this. That's sitting just. Uh, this hangs around the headrest, and then it just sits in the front passenger seat there. So you can actually still put stuff on the seat if you needed to, uh, and if someone does get in the car quickly, it's just a quick detach and uh. it comes apart. Or what I'll do sometimes, and I'll just swing it around the headrest. It'll sit behind the seat, and someone can sit in the front easily. So yeah. just a, a front seat organized. Yeah, it's but this yeah. is really nice, too. It just keeps me very organized uh, in the passenger seat here, especially when we have papers or invoices or uh, POs that we need to keep track of. Uh, sometimes if you don't have a folder for those things, this is really nice to kind of throw those in there and then file it away for later. So 25 bucks on Amazon. Uh, this is what I use for my front seat here. It's a little car organizer.
0: Nice. Looks
1: good. Yeah, something nice and practical. I...
0: It took me about like two years to get one of those. And uh, after searching around for pins,
1: <laughs> you just. That was my <laughs> biggest thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I will say, get, uh, I have one, but it's so flimsy, it tears easy. So I think I'm going to actually upgrade to the one that you have. You can tell that it's better quality. It actually keeps its shape. Mine kind of falls over as soon as it doesn't have any weight on it and stuff. So uh, you said Amazon, right? $25? 25 bucks. yeah. Yeah. Can be that at all, so I'll go for the next one. And this, uh, this is the Glexo. Hopefully, y'all can see that this is the Glexo cold glue adhesion. And what this is able to do, I'll show you kind of a used one so you can reuse it, it pulls similar to, co- uh, to hot glue. Uh, probably like, I think like a tab welt. The the more, um, I don't know what the I guess Galexo cold glue, the better, the better the pull. And so it doesn't get sharp dents or sharp creases out. It can move that metal somewhat, but it it won't get it out as clean as possibly a crease tab from uh, Kiko. Um, But this pulls like a lot of your large damage up uh, pretty much instantly. And then allows you to get to that last finishing stage, you know, quicker. Uh, so Glexo, um, I think it's called Glexo Tools. I have their site up. Let me see. And so they make three three different kits. So you have one with just two tabs, which is the smaller version. Well, I guess this version. And a crease tab, it looks like, for 175 plus the glue. They make the kit where it has the four tabs, and I believe these are billet aluminum. Billet aluminum—that's no, probably steel, actually. Um, so they make a kit with four tabs with the glue. It's two ninety, and then they make a kit with just looks like just this tab with the glue for ninety dollars. So if you just want to try it out, ninety dollars is definitely worth it for this tab. This is probably my go-to tab anyway. Um, and just for you guys to uh, see. They give you a stick probably about this long, and I've only used half of it for three tabs. So I just got one more tab left. That's clean. So go ahead and check it out. I actually got this idea by from a um, good friend, Ryan, and uh, that's it.
1: sorry i was looking at yeah so i was looking at one big p he said he uh he worked on a dent today relating today's topic and i was just checking it out real quick uh so i can get to him um a little bit later in the show uh and respond to that and how he can repair that or have gone about that maybe a little bit differently
0: is that on text or is it over the show
1: yeah, I sent it through Instagrams here, so uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'll address it a little bit later. Um, so yeah, uh, tools are done. And just a little heads up, guys. So so Ryan here um, has decided to forego the show. Uh, we understand it does take a lot of time and effort on our parts to put the show on. Uh, it does take uh, a lot of extra time out of our working day that we already work countless hours uh, with. And he's decided to take a uh, bigger stance with RPS and really focus in and dive deep with RPS uh, in Baltimore there. So kudos to him, props to him. Uh, we wish him all the best and uh, can't wait to see what he has uh, coming in 2019 and 2020. So uh, check him out on all of his Instagram and YouTube and at, at RPS Dent Repair, uh, RPS Dent Specialist. So you guys could check him out there. Uh, so that was just a little heads up for you guys. Uh, so if you guys are just wondering where uh, where Ryan's been or something like that. So it's going to be me and Chris here. Uh, but let's get into the topic. So reasons why you would give up on a repair. What is like the number one reason why you'd want to give up on a repair for you?
0: <laughs> give up. Um, it's Or call it I quits. I, was... uh, I have a hard time negotiating with certain people so i struggle with pushing past a repair that wasn't price at least okay or fair i would say um so when you do like a 150 fifty dollar dent and it's 12 14 inches you're going to be there for two hours i think that's kind of unfair for a pdr technician at you know i don't sound cocky but at my level they, they you know i shouldn't be on that repair uh you know doing that because in two three hours i can go through a lot of cars i can get a lot of damage you know moved and looking great and i'm not getting paid for it at that time so because maybe my negotiation is not great and i decide to you know to to do it for that price or it's just maybe one of my guys uh missed the estimate a little bit or i had to rni like a door just to get to that one little small dent it's just it becomes the struggle to motivate myself that just combat that is i kind of look at the end goal uh so i look at you know the benefits outside of the monetary um that i'm gonna receive so that's kind of what i i do to push through that but it's that's the most difficult time that i give up Uh, other than that i would say damage it just doesn't move well i almost gave up on that um that dodge ram that i did a video of and you guys would have never seen a video <laughs> if i would have gave up so six hours in and i was almost calling it quits nothing was moving in that car no matter how hard i tried um and i just kept at it i think i was like uh 14 15 hours on that repair and i think it's just slowed down toward the end but what about you dave
1: uh i mean a lot of times for me i i mean i i know i rarely call it quits on a dent uh I will Mm -hmm. do everything in my power to not call it quits. Uh, And it's, it's, you know, and it's just one of those things that um, as a technician, when you take pride in your work and you take pride in delivering a certain standard, calling it quits just makes you feel (laughs) the crappiest. I mean, it just does not make you feel good. Uh, it, it, it hurts your ego a little bit. It hurts that pride man. a little bit when you have man. to stop, but there are just some circumstances where you'd have to quit. Um, I do remember specifically uh, one repair. I think it was last year. There was a, a, you know, a couple in between there, but I remember one specifically last year. It was an Audi A8, if I recall. All of them, Passe- passenger door, um, deep, probably two to three inch dent in the middle of the door. Uh, half in the brace half out like you said all aluminum and I'm like no, I can get this enough heat (laughs) and I mean it was two three four hours and I'm like I'm not getting anywhere this is not pushing how I thought it was going to push yeah and you know, the customer after a couple hours, you know, is everything okay? And I'm just like, yeah, everything's fine. You know, I just have to do a couple things. And at this point I have his door panel in the back seat and, you know, uh, <laughs> that's been taken off. And I told him, I don't think, I think I told him maybe about an hour and a half or something like that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, here I am three, four hours in and I'm like, man, I, I don't feel I'm going to be able to get this. And I couldn't, I had to call it quits. Wow. Um, and, and that was due to just being overconfident. Yeah. You know, and that could sometimes bite you, bite you, uh, in the butt too, because I was very overconfident in that repair. I'm like, yeah, this is no problem. It's just a two to three inch dent in the middle of a door. Yeah. I know it's an Audi and it's aluminum, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm going to fix it. It's no problem. <laughs> I ate my words after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I really humble. did. Humble uh, yeah. Like humble pie, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah. And, um, I was, I was just too confident. Yeah, In my skill, that damage was too severe. It was too stretched. It was too deep uh, to be actually pushed with PDR. It it was not the proper. um, PDR was not the proper process of repair for that Mm -hmm. panel. It Mm -hmm. it, Realistically, it did need to go to a body shop.
0: Yeah, It, it seems like the deeper the dent, the more it gets. At least it gets me in trouble. It could be a two, three inch dent. But if it's stretched and deep. You know, we still want to tackle it because I think it's a it's a learning experience for us. You know, hopefully if we can get it. But honestly, we're trying to create a miracle here by unstretching metal. Uh, I believe there's tools out there that um, that can uh, shrink the metal. And that goes to say uh, that was that's another one. Not reason, I guess I did turn down one repair because I didn't have that uh, kit to actually shrink that metal and I knew I was going to need it for that repair. Some of them I can, I can work and manipulate the metal so that it it just kind of shrinks. I have tricks that I use to shrink that metal up but it can't do it as, as well as a, a probe, uh, was it a PDR box or uh, I forget what they call it but um, so that tool allows you to shrink and I actually had to turn down a repair because I did not, at that time I did not have that tool so that's one of the one of the things that i had to pretty much give up on and it was right there if i just shrunk it the whole dent would have been fine do you think that would have been the case there uh dave with your aluminum audi Uh,
1: the the way it was in the brace and out of the brace the and how deep it was i don't feel that that repair process still would have been beneficial to the hot box or the prop okay. one, box, yeah. one of those boxes <laughs> one of those boxes uh <laughs> i don't think would have done the trick i think that this damage was just too severe it was like a gash almost in okay, the metal okay. and, I'm like, and i thought it was going to be completely repairable even being aluminum uh and it just wasn't the case you know and I, the reason why I was overconfident was because, Oh, I've fixed other Audi doors before with creases in yeah, that no were problem. super deep. It's no problem. It was the area which this was in how deep this particular dent was. I was just too overconfident. I had to call it quits. Um, the, the most recent contemplation of quitting was just this last week. Uh, I had a roof, uh, a dent on a roof and it was actually a slab of ice had fallen from a a roof or a high rise and had chopped (laughs) from the roof all the way to the roof rail. Yeah. The Honda Accord. And I was very confident in most of that, um, damage. A lot of it was super easy, very straightforward. The roof rail was pretty straightforward, but there was one particular part on the roof, uh, that when I started to tool it, all of that was happening was high spots. Mm. And all you were just getting is those little poke marks from the tool. And there was even after tape and it would break through, the whale tail would break through the tape. Um, And I needed to probably spread that damage out a little more to allow that metal to flex. And I wasn't doing that. And I'm like, man, I just don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this damage out. Uh, I ended up being able to, you know, and I pushed through it. Um, and that it it was almost a reason for me to give up, but just due to, due to me being persistent and always wanting to, uh, push through a repair, uh, I, I I pushed through and everything was fine. Um, I was able to kind of wet sand some of those imperfections out, uh, after the repair was finished, but you know in the middle of that, the, those thoughts kind of start going through my head. I'm like, Oh man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to actually uh, yeah. fix this, you know? And I'm like, am I going to have to call it quits? I don't know, but I'm going to, and this is all happening as I'm twisting a tool, right? Like as I'm still pushing through <laughs> it, I'm like, yeah, I'm like but inside. I'm like, Oh man, I don't know if I'm going to actually <laughs> yeah. be able to repair this. Uh, it was just me pushing through it.
0: Uh, how did you feel Dave after you, Probably, uh, you know, um, receive payment and kind of on that drive home. I mean, what did that do to your morale? I, I guess the next day and and I guess that evening because I know that was your last dent. Just because you know, you showed me a picture, it was like it's like six o'clock at night when you finished <laughs> up,
1: but yeah, I was uh, in the middle of an alley in uh 35 <laughs> degrees in the middle of Chicago. Uh, the only light source was my PDR light by the end of that repair. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I felt good. I felt really good that I was able to push through it. I was very confident in how Mm -hmm. it looked. I was very pleased with how it looked, how it came out. The customer was super happy with how it came out, and so driving home, I felt great. Yeah, driving home from that Audi that I was talking about previously, like I know that I was not feeling good. Like you don't feel like I don't feel like a competent tech. I didn't feel Mm -hmm. like a superior tech. I didn't feel like a, yeah. a good tech. I didn't, just didn't feel. Um, and I'm pretty sure no matter what, you know,
0: you turn it down for the monetary, you know, just not enough money, you know, it just couldn't negotiate a, a good price or for anything. It does not feel well for a craftsman to turn down. I feel like to turn down work, even if the deal is just so far off. I feel like it was, it was something I could have done to maybe possibly lower the price or done less work. Um, but we just couldn't have come to an agreement at all. It just goes through my mind throughout the day. It kind of messes me up. Um, at least, you know, when I, when I give, and I don't give up too often since normally my negotiation now, I'm getting a lot better. So I'm probably going back off of a couple of years ago. But have you ever, I guess, had an issue with crack paint? Because I, I have a story of an Aston Martin. <laughs> with cracked paint, but have you ever given up or just kind of halted the entire repair because due to, I mean, you cracking the paint?
1: Yeah, depending on the situation, some places I've been at um, wholesale, wholesale lots and oh, it's fine, it's fine. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. I've been at body shops and I'm like, hey, the paint's cracked. Oh, it's fine. It's We'll touch it up or oh, we'll, no, we'll take care of it. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, it's just when it's that retail customer, then that, yeah crack paint i'm stopping and uh yeah i feel like i failed <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when uh man. when that paint cracks
0: yeah yeah i mean it's, it, a lot of times i think in our skill level it's not probably because of us i mean we are going in most of these doors blind we don't know if it's bondo what kind of metal what kind of prep work was used um you know I, i'm pretty sure you guys can see the uh the little videos on youtube of a guy doing an air blow hose and just play uh paint is just flaking completely off a car so those are type of uh you know um things that we have to deal with and people will tell you that it's never been painted before and it cracks <laughs> uh so but it does happen um i find myself having to uh tell, tell the customer i i prepped before probably the last four to five years I can determine whether that paint is going to hold up or not. Very rarely would something like happen. I mean, maybe once every two years, I may, I may slip and just something's going on that I it was unforeseen. But we check the paint meter and 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 see if there's any uh work on that panel before we start. We let the customer know that, you know, whatever hit your car did in fact just damage the paint. Uh there is some tricks you can use to kind of preserve that paint while you're pushing and then remove. Um the uh the, the glue that you use. So that's that's one thing that you can do. Um have you ever turned down Dave for the length of the repair? It's just it's just some side swipe for two doors, a deer hit it and just went on top of the car and just did all kinds <laughs> of damage. Have you ever turned it down? Cause it's just flat out just a lot of work.
1: No. I'll push no. through that. Uh, I mean, okay. I have stopped if it was a lengthy repair and uh, there were some weather conditions, if it started raining really bad and there was no inside yeah. space, stuff like that, I've stopped. Um, but I still wouldn't call it quits on the repair. We yeah. just have to reschedule for us to come back out. Uh, so that wouldn't be, yeah, the length of the repair wouldn't be an issue um, on right. why I would call it quits. It's going to be some of these other things that we just talked about. Right.
0: Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm pretty sure you've been reading through the stories. Uh, do you care to share?
1: Yeah, uh, Crow Soccer earlier said uh, he would contemplate giving up on a dent if it's super stretched, kind of like you were talking about in the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, when it starts acting like a trampoline, uh, it gets super mm-hmm. annoying and aggravating. And when he says that, I'm thinking oil can. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's times where dents have oil canned and. I haven't given up, but I'm relaying the situation to the customer, whoever it may be. Right. Uh, this is the situation we're dealing with. This is either in or out. Now, that's where I think one of these uh, PDR box or PDR hot boxes would work when that oil yeah. canning's happening. I personally don't have one, so I'm still sticking with it. It's either going to be high or low or a lot of times when that oil mm-hmm. canning is happening. Um,
0: How do you explain that to the customer? Just... What do you normally tell? I have my spill that I did. I'll share mine, but what do you normally say to the customer when it's all cannon or when you start to realize it's all cannon?
1: I try to relate it to a can of Coca-Cola. Okay. And so I try to get them to picture that, and I said, you know, when you're kind of messing with a can of Coke, and you really start really really messing with it, and then you can't get those little dents that you put in it back to you know the way they were. That's what's happening with this, and they can kind mm-hmm. of envision or kind of know what you're talking about. Uh, it's a very hard hard thing to relate to your customer. Uh, when mm-hmm. they don't know what that term means, and I'm oh, yeah. sure a bunch of you guys here in the chat probably have a bunch of uh, what we say spiels, but you know <laughs> what you would say to your customer when something is oil canned? Uh, that's what I say. That's how I try to get them to envision what is happening uh, to this. You had something that was very severe. It was really dented. So like your coat can was really really dented, and we tried to bring that back to its round uh, cylinder like shape and. It's just not happening because of that damage being too severe. It's too far gone. Yeah.
0: yeah I always use the example of a trash bag. I they're all, you know, they're all around. I mean, in my shop and I said, think of it like a trash trash bag, and you should go to pierce your finger through the through the through the bag and you kind of see it protruding out. Then when you let go when you let your finger out out of the trash bag, you'll see it. You'll still see the imprint of your finger. That's kind of like how your dent is. It's either in or it's out. And they normally get it from that. Because, I mean, every kid has tried to, you know, put their hand through a trash bag. So, it seems like they understand that. And they go, okay. And I say, I try to leave it as flat as I possibly can. uh, but um, And and I don't really have that issue. Uh, The PDR box um, normally can correct that. So, this is more like prior. There's stuff out there like that PDR box that will will take that oil can completely out but with an expense of removing the undercoating of the of the panel of the of the actual door or whatever you're working on so just be mindful of that you do have to get behind that actual dent and a lot of times uh the oil can and dents are in those open areas anyway so you will need to remove a lot of stuff when you use that hot box just, just for reference guys
1: and metal pusher says throwing in the towel once in a while is part of business. Uh anyone who takes risks <laughs> should expect to call it quits maybe a couple times a year. I and that. I completely I like agree with that. Uh cuz there are a couple times a year where you know we have to call it quits. Um it tr- you know I'm, it's not very often but you know I would say yeah. throughout the year at least for myself um I'm going to go with like 3 to 5 are probably yeah. somewhere in that range. Um it's I'm not go to 1 to 3. Yeah. One to three. But uh, because, you know, and then and that's calling it quits means we've negotiated it. It's it, it's you know, it's in our mm-hmm. possession. We're working on it. We've sold it. You know, we're trying to attempt this repair here. So all those things are happening. Um, you know, this isn't mm-hmm. like someone this is like, hey, uh, someone just came to you, say, hey, let me just try this for free. Or, or you know, you went to your wholesale lot and said, hey, let me just try that debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take care of it for you. Just to see if you can do it. Now these are actual setup appointments from customers that we've had, and mm-hmm. you know we're trying everything in our our power to close this close this sale, finish this repair, and close that sale. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. And sometimes
1: you have to call it quits. So uh, I think a couple times a year, throwing in that towel, like you said, is part of business. Uh, we should expect <laughs> that. It's just it it hurts our pride when we have to. <laughs>
0: oh, <Yo>, tremendously, tremendously. <laughs> but. What uh, does some- Go
1: ahead. I'm sorry, Dave. Well, I was gonna say George was uh, George Gomez here was was talking about our previous topic, pulling paint or cracking. Do you still charge, or do you just not charge, even though the repair is ninety percent done? So for me, I don't, char- I don't charge. I don't charge either. If the paint was not cracked before we got in there and we did crack okay. it, we're not. Uh, we're not charging.
0: See, I make a, a. I make an ethical decision on this. If there was something that may have caused the paint to crack, you know, that we didn't see that maybe the customer could have let us know, hey, you got an accident. The door panel was painted, all that stuff. Then to me, I'm like, I'm, I don't still don't charge, but it's not really our fault. We can't, you know, we don't have x-ray vision on this. We can only go by feel. But if I'm in that uh, particular repair and it's like a Subaru where I know the paint is fatigue, it's a bad dent, and I'm saying I can get it. Or even just an okay dent that may need uh, heat, and if I crack the paint, which keep in mind it doesn't happen too much, then I'm not only not charging a customer, but I'm also fixing that fixing that door the conventional way, so they they, they pretty much get you know their dent fixed for free. That's 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 kind of it. So I am constantly making the this. Uh, if that happens, I'm making the decision with who's at fault, and I just I make the the ethical choice, who, who was really at fault. And so that's, how I, I, I choose Dave. I'm pretty sure. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, we don't charge if something like that's happened. If there's, if there's an imperfection after we uh, have come in and uh, performed our process and we you know messed up something in that process, you're not getting charged for that. Okay. So, you know, even the repairs 90% done, you know, we got it almost all, you know, almost all the way there. And that one last push that we didn't have the test to tape on the tool and it went ahead and split that body line paint. You know, it's, we did that. That was us. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be reliable, you know, not reliable. We're going to be liable for that. So, right. um, but kind of switching it up one thing that I have seen, uh, with other technicians that either I've trained with or, or other techs have trained. Um, with giving up on a repair or calling it quits, uh, just not being disciplined enough to push through that Mm -hmm. rough part of Mm -hmm. the dent or that repair Mm -hmm. to see that other side. Um, not being disciplined enough to, to push through when uh, there's so many highs and lows and there's all these weird things going on within your repair and your lights kind of reflecting all over the place and you can't really see the end goal and you're like, man, I don't know what this is going to look like or how I'm going to get it. I know what it should look like, but I just don't know how I'm going to get it there. Um, technicians not being disciplined enough to push through that part.
0: And why is that? I I always see in my household, I don't have a microwave. It's, it's the dumbest thing ever, but I'm, I'm literally trying to figure out how to live with it. And it's been two years strong now with no microwave. And I always say that it's a microwave world. People are, are, they just want quick results so not even thinking about this topic it just led me to think about this the, the non-microwave i have in the house and how i always say it's a microwave world so you got to provide your customers with quick quick access to your website quotes and stuff like that and that's how i kind of use it but on this do you think the newer technicians just are are just in for the results because i i do get a lot of questions and they're like why is this not moving and i say hey how long have you been pushing? And they say two weeks. <laughs> so you st- they still haven't trained your eyes they want even the, to yeah. See it. yeah, they want the 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 end they goal that, like now. It's not they want the that.
1: Out, yeah, they want that outcome before the actual <laughs> skill. Um, yeah, yeah so, and and, <laughs> and and a lot of people, I think, fail or call it quits um, because they don't want the knowledge or the mastery of that skill. Or those mm-hmm. two things aren't the driving force of uh, of a repair. I mean, at least in our mm-hmm. our, our line of work, of a repair, um, knowledge and mastery of of PDR isn't their driving force.
0: Yeah. Okay. And it
1: and it's Maybe. and it's probably a monetary outcome they're looking for rather than an actual repair mm-hmm. outcome that they're looking the for. Why isn't Why isn't this metal is a moving product, yeah. this certain way? It's like why isn't this? Why can't I repair this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm well one it's been two weeks like in your case it's been <laughs> yeah. you know I could understand after two years and something like that was happening and we can maybe work with you a little bit more but um
0: yeah it's tough it's tough but yeah it, but that goes back to the the fact that this is a a, a craftsman type skill this is almost like someone building like a woodworker building uh, a table. You know, every table that comes out of that that guy that that hand built tables is gonna be better than the next one. And so he's gonna always a real craftsman is gonna always wanna improve on his craft. And I think you see a lot of these dent guys just are just standing out from the rest. And and you start to I mean, uh um uh, Bryce Kelly said it correctly. He said perseverance all through it. I mean, these guys have to have a level of perseverance to get through some of those repairs that he's, you know, especially Bryce and, and what he does. Um, that's that's just amazing. I mean, me personally, I get bored after two days on a car. Just, that's just me. I know my limit. So I got to step away. The car would be there for four days, but I'll be pushing for three. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just need to step away. But, um, but yeah, that's that's what I see. I see. Uh, You know, perseverance is what sets you apart, what will probably allow you not to give up as as much. Um, even as a new tech, I had a wholesaler and he wanted 100%, if not 195% on everything that he did, uh, that anything that we touched. And that's what got me to how fast uh, I am right now. It's getting those dents up quick, so I can get home to my wife because it was at at night, and so to sit there work on some of the nastiest dents cre- creases from the fender, front door, rear door, and I got I really only have six hours to make this thing look look at least you know three feet five feet away look look perfect, you know. So, and when
1: person- when that's when that's said and done, um. I would assume you're not looking at yourself as a failure. You're looking at all of that as a lesson.
0: Oh, yeah. And you're learning
1: from that entire time you're persevering.
0: And so even with business, I always say, you know, it's funny because Andy uh, has this on his Instagram. He says, you know, you're always constantly learning. The day you stop learning, that's the day you die, right? That's what they they all say. So in in business, in, in PDR, in the craft of PDR, the skill. You always have to be a sponge. You can never think that you know more than the next guy because he's probably you know been working for four or five years uh, less than you. You just have to absorb all these little, all this information. And I think at the level that me and you, Dave, it's all the little micro stuff that we pick up on each other. It's not some big giant you know new evolution of dent repair that we're gonna try to learn, but it's the little small little tweaks that we can do to be better, faster, and 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 just uh quicker with these repairs. So I don't know. I think um I think people need to be worried about they need to have that constant learning mind, mind frame to be honest. And then there where's the goal then? Cause there is no end.
1: Yeah.
0: You're you're always Mm -hmm. at the state of learning. So you're kind of content, not content, but you're just okay not knowing that there's a goal there. Does that make sense?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then when you call it quits on a repair, it's not a failure. You're learning from that. So like when I quit on that Audi, I now know every time I have a deep shot on an Audi A8, I'm Mm going to rethink my entire process of estimation and I'm either going to have to see it in person. I'm going to have to see multiple photos. I just don't want to estimate off of one. Um, Most likely probably see it in person, but just in that specific situation, uh, what I tend to do probably that week or two after (laughs) is estimate my repairs a lot uh, or take a look at my estimates a lot more closely. So like mm-hmm. uh, because I failed on the one, I'm like, I'm not gonna fail again this week or the, you know these next two weeks and usually it, it goes back on that upswing and everything's fine. but uh, I know that when something like that happens, when I do have to call it quits on a repair, I am now taking into consideration every time either that vehicle shows up or that same sort of damage shows up um, in our emails or our requests. So we are. Uh, constantly learning from these uh, situations that we've had to call it quits. I now know when Mm -hmm. I have a deep shot on a Honda Accord roof that that certain spot that I tried to get to is going to be very tough to push. So now next time I go to estimate that car in that same area there's the same uh, type of damage on that same vehicle that I have to estimate again, I'm now going to know from the previous time uh, how to correctly either price it for my time that I'm that I know I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to spend, uh, explain or mm-hmm. or be able to explain it uh, correctly to the customer, or now I know what tools I'm gonna have to use. There's so many things that I'm learning uh, mm-hmm. from a time that I've had to call it quits.
0: Nice. I, I just read what uh, Push and Polish said. Yeah, he said he calls a mentor when um you know we encounter something new, and you know he just pretty much asks is there anything I need to know about this den or this car or you know this area on the vehicle. And, you know, that says something, you know, he is willing to learn. Not only that, he's taken pride and ego out of it and willing to ask uh, for help. And I do feel like a lot of guys, you know, do not use that resource um, to ask someone, hey, is there anything I need to know about this? Hey, I saw in your last post that you did the same door. Could Could you tell me anything about it? Did you have any problems? How's the access and stuff like that? And I think over the years it's getting a lot better. I mean, there's a lot of. Uh, you know, forms. We try to jump in our, our personal Facebook group. I said forms, you see how old I am, right? (laughs) (laughs) They don't even use forms anymore, but, uh, the Facebook group. So, you know, kudos to uh, Push and Polish for at least, um, you know, listening and, and, and taking pride out of it and, and asking questions so that your mentor could, uh, or someone could actually help you. Um, Richard also said, I believe he's talking about, you know, the fact of turning down work. Is it uh is it the same feeling um, you know, to break a laminate glass window? I think so. I feel like a failure yes. when I break a window, man
1: hundred so percent it's the man. same feeling feel it's so the same bad. feeling I, I, it's the same feeling only because it's the same feeling of like failure right yeah. it, just because when yeah. you call it quits you feel like you're failing when you break a laminate glass it's like wow i just failed as a tech to, <laughs> you know like because now that's the only thing on your mind is like this glass it's not the repair yeah. itself you're yeah. now wondering how am I going to fix this? What's going to happen? What do I tell my customer? How am I going to get this replaced? How much is it going to cost? There's all these things that are now running through your head rather than man, this, yeah. you know, this dents being a pain in the butt. <laughs> so I,
0: I think the hardest thing, at least for me is literally explaining to the customer that a professional that they, you know, gave their car to, to remove a dent other problem with the window. It's just ah, oh, it's just it's it's it it sends chills down. I mean, I I've done it a couple of times, especially with being having employees. I've had to do it a, a few more times <laughs> than I wanted to, but but still, man, it that is the worst time. Coordinating everything that's easy for me. I can get a glass in a day. I'll have someone come put it in, all that good stuff. But man, actually explaining it to the customer and seeing the look on their face. And just waiting for that that response, like that initial (laughs) response of "Man, that's messed up," or "How am gonna get home?" Like you can kind of sense how how bad of this (laughs) this is going to be. This situation is going to be from that first response. That's always the most dreadful thing. In that, (laughs) it's like your stomach turns, you know.
1: (laughs) So I kind of want to go over. I kind of want to go over something that uh, David from our chat here, one big P um, mm-hmm. he sent us, I think both uh, an Instagram message and it was pertaining to our topic today. Uh, he said something for tonight's topic. It's a 2007 Mercedes Benz CL 63 rail that he had to glue pole. The mm-hmm. customer wanted it improved, but did not want to paint it. I said 85%, but I think it came out better. I couldn't get the line to pull out fully. It was deep. I could have spent hours on this. Here's what I did in an hour. So I'm going to go ahead and screen share with you guys what he uh, what he showed us. And so he has a deep dent on the left hand side here on the roof rail of a 2007 Mercedes-Benz CL63 rail. Uh, Here's a you know, and it's a fairly deep shot uh, to the rail here. And on the right hand side here, you can still kind of see the deep crease right in the middle that didn't want to pull. Mm -hmm. And, um, she said that this is what he could get done in an hour. Uh, what do you think he goes, any advice or thoughts on how to maybe go about this and maybe have gotten a hundred percent repair?
0: Um, I would, uh, create that crease and just make it like just open that den up. And then so that way you can actually pull that crease. That may take longer than an hour. I, I don't right. know. Um Yeah, I don't know. So if you only had an hour, I don't even know if that would have made sense. Just depending on the environment. You know, it looks like the guy's wearing uh, a T-shirt. So it doesn't look like it was too cold outside. So maybe green or glue should have been pulling, I guess. Um, looks like you have a mini lifter. Uh, I would definitely open that dent up and did some nice slow pulls, keep opening the dent up, opening the dent up. It would have been probably like a half dollar size dent um towards like the last pull, kind of a, a shallow dent, not as deep, but towards the last pull, it would have been, it would have been a big open dent.
1: Yeah. So the first thing I'm doing with something like this is I'm taking a R4 tip from Dentcraft with the cherry tip Mm -hmm. on top, and I'm trying to get that tip as close to that center line or that crease as possible and opening that up from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm trying to beat down the sides of that crease uh, and make all of the area around it just as low or even lower than what it is now. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try to soften up or make this whole area a lot wider a lot softer so when i go to put a tab on it it's going to pull that center a lot of times when you put a tab on something like this it'll just pull the area around it that glue and that tab isn't really getting down into Mm -hmm. the the deepest part of this crease uh so what you have to do is kind of beat down the edges or beat you know beat down the sides around it to allow that glue to set into that deep deep the deepest part of this uh with Mm -hmm and i'm like you said i would probably be about a half dollar maybe a little bit larger um around in diameter and i'm just that's all going to be low and then i'm going to start doing pulse uh yeah, and, and try to get that 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 center out first
0: and sometimes you have to lift it up so you can see where it's to knock down cuz i'm right i'm knocking down right on that line like right you know anything that's high around that line basically so sometimes like the second pitcher to the right that's kind of perfect where i would knock down and i would make i would start opening it up from there and then pull again one big pull opening it up okay. pull. and so to me i wouldn't start knocking it uh you know it all depends on the dent though i mean this is just the one angle that i'm seeing right uh but but you know i would probably do one pull see what it moves and then knock down first I also i think that the metal when you're just moving it up and down like this i think it gets fatigue cuz over time it just gets more malleable i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> but it seems to work well when you just take time to uh to to do that type of repair because if i remember correctly that is a hard uh you know metal that they use on that rail of that car so just to kind of fatigue it that 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 up and down motion it just starts to loosen up molecules i know i'm speaking crazy here but hopefully some of you guys understand what i'm saying <laughs> but it starts to allow that metal to just loosen up for you and then you can actually
1: uh, uh, start moving more
0: metal each pull so yeah
1: yeah and he said you know he said That's, the customer wanted it improved and didn't want to paint it um you know he said 85 percent, but i think it came out better and i think so as well you yeah, know and like chris said this is only one angle so we don't know what it looked like in person but judging just by these photos that kind of looks like more of a scratch than it does a dent um but i could probably guess what that looks like in person uh when you touch it or feel it. it's going to have that little imperfection you're going to feel it um you know so i don't know i i think you did really really well my thoughts would have been to open it up from the beginning Chris said he would have opened it up at your 85% here that you said he would have started opening it up from there to get that center out. Uh, So these are two, these are just two different processes that we have. And these are two different ways that we would attack it.
0: But I will say, I would not spend an hour opening it up to 85%, not saying that you didn't need to just saying if I, whatever it takes to open up that dent fast, but I want to see first. So I'm a I'm a pull just so I can get a better sight of my of my light and then knock down. So the whole goal is to knock down as fast as you possibly can. Uh so if I'm not if it took me an hour to get to that 85%, it, it would have already been you know opened up way before that, you know, probably about the first five, 10 minutes. So
1: yeah. That is I, that's my method. <laughs> yeah, and now just going back looking at what other guys uh you know here had said. Uh, push and polish vip on the sharp edges of the crease open it and release the pressure Um, jai says that he would open it up from the beginning first uh, so the glue can touch the inside of that dent Um, yeah i mean and push and polish says a lot of people go straight for the glue on a dent it seems strange but starting with a knockdown is sometimes the best way to start yeah Uh, and i've actually found that to be you know very true yeah. there's times where you need to knock down a crown before anything will actually release or you're trying to pull something that's too locked up because there are crowns and going with the knockdown first is what's going to actually have to happen to allow you to actually move some metal
0: yeah peter peter's saying that he has a it's a dime size steel blending hammer uh for very It says very heavy for that fine tapping um man and peter is a very knowledgeable technician So. Um, he is sharing some knowledge right here mm-hmm. Sure. quick question, uh, before this gets to, where is it at? It says, uh, Chris and Dave, when you were starting your career, did you give up more often? This is from Dinking, Dinking, Ding
1: sorry. <laughs> When you were starting your career, did you give up more often? No, yeah, I think that's, that's I mean. when I probably pushed more often. I, uh, you didn't, I'll so probably, you didn't,
0: you didn't give up and not give up. I guess that's not the best way. Yeah, I would say no, I didn't give up.
1: No, I was pushing way harder. I'm like, no, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this. Yeah. Uh, now, I did think you at, always get it though, because that's no, I guess maybe no. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> No, but then that's where we were just talking about learning from those failures Mm -hmm. or, you know, they're not failures, but learning from the, uh, from those repairs that we just didn't get Mm -hmm. quite right. Like, man, what could I have done different? Maybe I should have used tape. Maybe I should have used rubber first. Maybe I should have knocked down first. Um, I had this nice, soft, shallow, probably watermelon sized dent on a RAV4 quarter panel. I'm like, oh, two glue poles, one at the bottom, one at the top, pop, pop, everything will be fine. Yeah, no. Two hours later, I'm still (laughs) on this thing. Why? Because I should have knocked down the crowns first Uh, and then went in with the glue. But you learned your lesson. I definitely learned my lesson.
0: And I I think what you're trying to say, too, is like as you're new to this career, you can't afford to give up on every dent, uh, for one, because you're sacrificing, obviously, you know, money. And you're also sacrificing, you know, time on metal, which to me is more important than money at those earlier years. And so no matter what you can do, try to get everything hundred percent. And I think five years, your career will excel, you know, more than someone's that's just, you know, complacent and just getting it good enough for five years. Um, it, it's funny. You ever work with a whole, I've worked with a wholesaler. Uh, I'm sorry, a kind of a lot guy. All he does is lot. So it's whatever the, the guy, you know, his standard is the, is the manager. And so when I worked there and he, I'm like, yo, that's still there. And he's been doing it for 10 years. And so I'm thinking, oh, he knows how to, you know, it's 10 years. I don't have to watch him. Then I look back in the car. I'm like, yo, that's the dents are still there. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah." He doesn't understand to move his light. He doesn't have to move his light. He only needs to work it from one way. And it looks good from the manager's, you know, office for sure. Right. (laughs) And so, and so, you know, but if you want to, again, be a craftsman at, a skill craftsman at what we do. I think you just really need to invest in the time and just don't give up. And it's okay if you can't get it there, but just give it 110%. I think you'll, you'll benefit, you know, as years to come. Um, Also, I will say something about that uh, glue pulling. Try out the dead center Kiko tabs. I've been playing around with them. Um, I think, maybe push and polish does have them but anyway i've been playing around with them he's
1: saying we need to get (laughs) i need to get those you were telling me too like you need to get these
0: yeah those things are absolutely amazing they are not the most durable taps they break quite easy uh uh, but they will save you hour the i don't know what they got going on but it the dead center is is a great name for that tab so (laughs) I recommend anybody going to purchase at least the uh, the set. So yeah, push and polish. Yeah, that's a that's a go to tab, man. They nailed it with that tab. Um, anything else, Dave? If we need to go. If we want to leave on a positive note. So, Dave, let's go over the tips for a new tech or for anybody that's struggling uh, or just wanting to give up. What is your What is your some mental things you can say to yourself or um, anything like that? Unless you have something that you want to say before that, before we go into the tips.
1: No, um, I think, you know, we actually, we gave out a lot of our tips, you know, mm-hmm. throughout this whole show here. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a quote that I did want to say, and and it, we've all actually kind of touched on this, either in our chat here, me and you, uh, but never mistakes, always lessons, forever masters. Um, you know, and that, and that just, like I said, that's always learning from, uh, our repairs what could we have done different what tools could we have done would there have been a better tool is there another tool out there that maybe this would have worked uh, uh got me there faster um you know i know a lot of guys right now are on the standliner kick because they say they're great um there's a there's a whole mastery to those um mm-hmm. you know and it's like like i need to get the standliner tool because they're gonna that's it that's what's gonna you know make me be the best tech and It's not the tools, you know, in this, in this game, it is not the tools. It is the way you use them. Um, And so I'm always trying to think of how could I use my tools differently? What else would have worked better? How could I have done that repair different? What should I have done? Uh, What could I have done better? Should I have used heat? Should I have taped it up? Should I use glue first? Maybe I shouldn't have used glue first. I should have just went in with the tool. Uh, These are all things that I'm constantly uh, thinking about during my repair and t- typically right after my repair, once I pack up, I leave and I'm onto the next one. I'm always thinking about that last one and how could I have mm-hmm. improved on that certain, uh, particular damage, whether it was a door, a quarter panel, a body line, uh, a gas door, whatever it may be. I'm always trying to think of the next time I have that same, uh, sort of damage. What could I do now, uh, mm-hmm. to make this. Cleaner and faster.
0: Mm -hmm. So, always strive for improvement. Always. Yeah, always. Well, before we go, guys, we got a couple of things we got to go over. Please don't forget to hit the thumbs up button. We really appreciate you and leave any any comments or anything of, of any sh- future shows that you want us, uh, topics you want to talk about. We have a new podcast coming out. It's not a new podcast. It's the same podcast, PDR Workshop Podcast. We have a new series on that same podcast. The next release will be uh, tomorrow. Dave is working hard trying to get the new series up. I think we already have four or five already recorded. This is going to be something that is not scheduled. We're just going to have fun. We're just going to do what we can. It's just, it's called PDR Workshop Unscripted. Dave, do you want to talk about it a little bit? You had a nice little spill. <laughs>
1: um, so, you <yeah. laughs> what we're going to be doing with PDR Unscripted, uh, we're just going to be, it's either going to be me and Chris talking about a topic uh, that we just on the spot came up with. Um, it's going to be us interviewing, uh, people from our body shops, detailers that we know other people in our industry or in the auto recon industry that we know, uh, or that we can just connect with if we can, uh, and try to get them to say a little something about what they do. How do they bring value to their customers? Uh, how do they bring value to their industry? Uh, and you know, that that's just kind of, it's going to be these kind of just one-off, uh, anywhere between 5 to, to 25, 30 minutes of just quick, unscripted topics. So here, obviously, we have live Q&A with you guys. Uh, there's a set topic that we do talk about. Uh, these are just going to be things that we talk about just in our daily phone conversations that we wish we could elaborate on or have another you know live show, but it's not till next Monday. So these are going to be a lot of things that we think of off the cuff uh and be able to talk about them right away get them uh give some info to you guys uh it kind of also helps us walk through a lot of the topics that we struggle on just as business owners uh, as technicians so Mm -hmm. stay tuned for that we're trying to get a lot of these up and running uh starting tomorrow so uh we're not like you said we're not gonna have a set schedule uh they're gonna be about and like i said anywhere between five to 30 minutes uh, just different content that's not uh our live show content.
0: Yeah, that's nowhere, nowhere you can find this content. So we're always constantly trying to add value to the industry and add value to everyone around us. Uh, We are still learning from you guys in the chat, uh, pushing Polish. I think you you were right there when I bought those, uh, those dead center tabs and pretty much sealed the deal for Kiko for me. So we're, we're gaining knowledge just as much as you're gaining knowledge from these conversations online. And so greatly appreciate all the feedback and the support that you guys have been showing to the, to the channel, to Dave, to me, uh, directly, uh, you know, wish everybody a wonderful, uh, yeah. Wonderful, uh, week. And, uh, we'll see you on the next live show guys. See you guys. Peace, out. Peace.